Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And our text today is from James. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body. The tongue is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. And with it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Dear friends of Christ, today I'm going to give you a sermon with the sinful tongue of a man. And it's odd that we're able to use our tongues for such great evil and yet for such great good. And that's a challenge for a Christian, isn't it? Watching what we say. It's so easy to let those words of anger flow, those words that hurt one another flow. And it is sin and it is wrong. And it is a great, great evil and wickedness. One wise man said, as you go through life, you're going to have many opportunities to keep your mouth shut. Take advantage of all of them. <laughs> However, sometimes it's difficult to bite the tongue, isn't it? It's difficult to not say what's inside. It has to be said. It has to be spoken. You have to say something, and then the words come out. And then somebody gets hurt. And it happens at family, in our church. It happens at work. It happens at play. The words just come out. And they do their damage. If you remember several weeks ago, I spoke about sin. And I spoke how we are addicted to sin. And, what, and I talked about, you know, we're under the influence. Like we're under the influence of alcohol, we're under the influence of sin because what is inside will always come out. And we are by nature sinful, and that sin is going to come out. Well, today, we're going to talk about how it comes out in words. We say bad things because we have a bad heart, a bad soul. And so we think things, and then the mouth speaks them. But I also talked about being under the influence of the Holy Spirit, like you're under the influence of drugs. Except the Holy Spirit is good, and the, and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that which is to influence us as God directs you, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so the challenge for us is how do we apply these, these things, these things of the Spirit, to our tongue? How do I wake up and through the day control this uncontrollable device that the Lord has placed in my mouth? It's, it's natural to let what is inside come out. That's natural. People say, how can I control my anger? It's natural not to control it. What is not natural is to let the Holy Spirit teach you to hold things back, to bridle that language, and to tame it. And so we consider our theme for this morning, Taming the Terrible Tongue. Rabbi Joseph Telushkin is an expert on the tongue, and he is a professor at one of our great Christian colleges, and uh, 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 colleges of apologetics, Christian apologetic in the whole country and the whole world. Hillsdale College. He's a, he's a speaker and he lectures on the topic of the tongue. 
And when he lectures, he challenges his audience and asks them if they can go 24 hours. Who in this audience can go 24 hours without saying something bad or putting someone down or saying some kind of, of negative thing, an unkind word? And he says a few people will proudly lift their hands and say, oh, I can do it. I can tame my terrible tongue. And he says to them, you think you can control that tongue? Well, it's when you think that you have no problem that the problem is most serious in you. Why? Because our human tongue is addicted to sin. And the human tongue speaks evil things because our hearts are evil. And he says we're addicted to sin. He's correct. And that's what James is telling us. And then he makes this comparison, the rabbi does. He says, if you cannot go 24 hours without drinking liquor, you're an alcoholic. If you cannot go 24 hours without needing to use tobacco, then you're addicted to tobacco. If you cannot go 24 hours with saying, without saying an unkind word to someone, then you've lost control of your tongue. How are we supposed to control such an uncontrollable, wild thing? Such a thing that causes so much destruction. How do you tame the terrible tongue? If it was such an easy thing to do, uh, James would just give us a list. He'd give us a list of several things to do to tame our terrible tongue. He doesn't do that. He just simply lets us know that we have a terrible problem. And it's the sin of the tongue. And so, in James 3, we learn that our tongues are instruments of Satan himself. The instrument of Satan. We don't like to think that way. That Satan uses that little pink muscle in our mouth to accomplish his purposes. He uses that little pink muscle in your mouth to hurt people and to let what is inside come out, those things that ought not be coming out. How do you tame the terrible tongue? In James chapter 3, James moves from preaching into meddling, and it gets personal. Previously, James had talked about how Jesus changes our heart. He has changed our heart. We are washed clean. So James always starts with the premise that you're a Christian. He already starts with the premise, and that's why he preaches the law, that all of you have already been cleansed by the blood of Christ, all of you are all redeemed, and all of you have been made pure, and you're forgiven, and you live in the state of grace continually. Now, that does not mean that you no longer sin. I was listening to a, a, a pastor on the radio, I don't know, I was driving somewhere and clicked in. And he said, now you know we Christians never sin anymore. Really? Then why do we have these, these things telling us to watch our tongue? On the contrary, even as for forgiven children of God, our tongues are terrible weapons of warfare. And as a Christian, you know it. As a Christian, you've used it. And that's why we pray with David, O oh God, so, uh, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do you pray that prayer each day? 
Lord, control, bridle my tongue. However, we all know that while our monstrous tongue cannot be tamed, we never quit trying. Well, it would be nice if our, at our, the time of our spiritual conversion, whether that was at the time you were baptized or the ta- time that, that you received the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ, it would be nice if that resulted in a total makeover of your tongue. And as soon as the Holy Spirit came in and Christ came in with His forgiveness, you have no more problems, but that's not the way it works. Even though Christ has made you His new creation, even though you are forgiven, we still carry around that sinful nature, don't we? I'm cleansed, I'm a saint of God, I am perfect in every way, but I'm also a sinner. And that's what Paul wrote, for the desires of the flesh war against the Spirit of God inside of you. The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And so as Christians, we desire to please the Lord, but our heart keeps us from doing the things we want to do. And so we say the things that are inside. Our sin nature keeps us from doing the things we desire to do to please the Lord. So how? How do we deal with this ongoing battle to tame the terrible tongue? Well, James uses actually three vivid vivid analogies. Uh, I'm going to talk about two of them um, to help us understand the problem. He talks about forest fires, and he talks about taming wild animals. Uh, He also talks about a rudder of a ship, right? How it's a small instrument, but but when it's under control, it can, can control a big ship. So also, such a small instrument can control what the whole body, did, uh, how, how it, re- it reflects the whole body, how it expresses the whole body. Well, the fire. You know, if you live near a forest, you understand the dangers of a fire. One cigarette uh, or one bolt of lightning and thousands of acres are destroyed. And I think you understand the image. Once the words are out, once the words are spoken, quickly it's out of control. Have you ever said a word and then quickly things are out of control? Just a word. And before you know it, you're in for far more than you thought you were going to have to deal with. James wrote in the tongue is a fire the very world of iniquity, the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body, and it sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Wow, I mean, those are strong words. Our tongues set hell in motion. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Our tongues set hell in motion. See, if that one won't put shivers up your spine. And most people think the bad sins that set hell in motion are are the big ones, the bad ones. Things like murder or uh, child molestation or perverse sexual sins. People think those sins are satanically driven. And James says, yeah, it's your tongue. And yet we tolerate gossip among us. 
We tolerate slander to be spoken, words spoken with the intent to hurt. We tolerate it. We tolerate it in our homes as Christians. We tolerate it in our homes as spouses. We hurt each other very quickly, without any thought. The sarcastic words spoken that speak a truth with an intent to hurt. Oh, but you know it's true. And you know it needed to be said. We treat the sins of the tongue as if it's no big deal. But James says, our tongues set hell in motion. James uses another analogy to describe the human tongue. He says, animals can be tamed, wild animals. Man has, has tamed even a tiger. I have a picture with a tiger, a grown tiger, and I got my, have my arm around his neck. And after the picture, I thought, what in the world was I doing? Right? However, there's one beast can't be tamed. We cannot tame the human tongue. The Bible says it is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. A restless evil. That means it never tires. It's always at work. The tongue is always speaking. It's always letting what's inside come out so everybody can know, this is what I feel. This is what's inside of me. Oh, and you need to know it too. It's restless. It's, it can't sit still. It's a poison. And that's why people are always talking about other people behind their backs. All we know as soon as the words are coming out of our mouths, if, if, you're, spiritually in, if you're spiritual in nature, if, if you let the Holy Spirit guide and direct you, and all of a sudden something comes out of your mouth and you're spiritually aware, you know immediately as soon as it's coming out that wasn't wise. But if you're not spiritually aware, if you have no desire to live by the fruits of the Spirit, and you have no desire to tame your tongue, those words come out and you don't even think about it. It's just a second nature. Like a cuss word. It just happens and you don't care. A deadly poison. As we degrade people and put them down, sometimes with an offhanded comment that is ever so slight, but they know the words hit their target. If people could hear what we say about them behind their backs, people would never speak to us again. And so James says the tongue is a deadly poison. James wants us to get a clear understanding, right? He wants to get us a clear understanding of this ongoing battle that we have to tame the terrible tongue. Ongoing battle. But all is not lost because, like I said before, first there is forgiveness. We are Christians. Christ gave his life for this sin and all the others. We are redeemed, paid for. Jesus cleanses us continually. Our hearts are continually being cleansed. We live in the state of God's undeserved love, in the state of his grace, in the state of this cleansing. I am made perfect by the blood of Christ, and so are you. And so that's the good news. Inside, we're perfect. And yet that sin dwells there. That sin that comes out. 
And for sinful beings, knowing that Christ has cleansed us from the inside out is good news. Even as we sin, he's cleansing up the whole mess we've made inside. However the damage our tongue does outside of us, well, that's like a fire. You can't clean that mess up. It's already come out. It's a deadly poison. It's going to do its damage. God can't control that damage. He can't control how our words hurt others. But God can teach us to put a bridle on our tongue. The Holy Spirit can teach us what to say and what not to say. And when we let the Holy Spirit guide our tongue, when we train ourselves spiritually, and I wake up in the morning and I say, Lord, keep watch over the door of my tongue, and that's my prayer, the whole fruit of the Holy Spirit begins to influence what comes out. And we will speak more often with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Simply put, our words reflect our character. Our words reflect our character, and since we stumble in what we say, it just proves we're not perfect. James says, you can't praise God and curse your neighbor at the same time, with the same tongue. God created our neighbors and praising our praising God with one voice and saying, isn't our God great and don't we love our God? And then you know about Mary? It's foolish. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh water and salt water? Can the words of a Christian do such great damage to praise God and to have good words and then immediately followed by these words that set hell in motion? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs, and neither can a salt pond yield fresh water? You know, we, we praise God with our lips on Sunday, and then we curse our neighbors throughout the week. Consider the words spoken in pride. You say, that's just me being confident. No, pride is hate speech, because it means you think it, it means you think and your tongue thinks that you're better than everybody else and you don't care about the other person but god has an antidote for this restless evil for this rudderless tongue for this deadly poison for this fire within for this tongue that sets hell in motion and that's why he sent jesus and jesus came of course to cleanse us from the all sin but also the sins of the tongue, those terrible sins of the tongue. He transforms us with springs of living water. And this is where I bring in the gospel, right? I'm going to talk about springs that dwell within us. Our text doesn't talk about it, but, but the Scripture does. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow streams of living water. And so what we want to do is let Christ fill us with living water. 
with his grace, with his forgiveness, and he does. He comes to you in his body and blood, and he fills us. He says, take my body, take my blood, it'll fill you up. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So this living water lives in your heart, lives in mine. This living water is his grace. This living water is his forgiveness, his forgiving love. And he forgives us. He washes away our sin. We know that. This living water flows freely through us so that we might freely let it flow out. And that's the spiritual battle, isn't it? Letting what the grace that is within flow freely out. The same God who cast demons from the oppressed. In our gospel lesson today, the boy convulsed. He now casts the devil out from our tongue. And he works a miracle in our souls, just like he worked a miracle on that boy. He tames the terrible tongue by the power of his forgiving blood so that when we speak words that are wrong, when we set hell in motion, we can stop the whole motion by saying what came out was wrong. I just set hell in motion upon you, and I don't desire its effect. And it's hard to confess, isn't it? But God the Son put his living water into your heart. God the Son put His living water into your mind. God the Son put His living water in your soul. And He's cured you of that poisonous sin of the tongue. And you have this miracle of washing, this miracle of holy baptism that happens to you each and every moment, each and every second of your life as He washes and He cleanses so that you can be His child used for His purposes. But this is not true for unbelievers. Speaking against unbelievers, God says, They have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of the living waters. They've turned away from the fountain of the living waters, and I can't fill them up, he says. Because they've hewn out cisterns, wells, unto themselves, but the cisterns are broken, and they can't hold the living water. The message of God's grace and mercy can't flow in them because it just leaks out in one ear out the other watch your tongue there's hardly a notice god's grace can't change their hearts because they're broken vessels however when you and i become vessels that hold the living water of God, that hold His forgiving love, that hold His grace and mercy, the living waters that cleanse us. We become vessels of that holy water, and He fills us up so that we might overflow with the things of the Spirit. And He fills us up with love so that we might be vessels used by Him. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.